murder. Swerving with my circus, looking for a purpose. Pseudo clean record. Hope got another Before workout today. Well, it was quick workout because uh, you know I had to get back so we could record. Because I, dude, I got people hitting me up, say, "What's next one coming out? When's the next one coming out?" You know, they don't they don't get it, bro. <laughs> they don't get that we're busy. But uh, so I had to get a quick one because you're an hour ahead and it's it's a little later there. So I was like, well, my back's not that sore. So I'll work some back. And I just, dude, I just did some upright rows and some bent over rows with the, you know, uh, barbell. And then went and did some like skull crushers, you know, little triceps and then some uh, bent over rows. And, and dude, that was it. And it got a good sweat in about 45 minutes. And that's really all you need, you know, but here's the deal, man. I don't know if y'all have heard me complain like a little uh, little schoolgirl about this tendon or something in my bicep right here. It's like, it's just, I, I don't know what's wrong with it. It's not to the point where I need to go to the doctor or anything, but I don't think. But it's to the point where like literally in my, I got little spaghetti arms, so it's really easy to tell when one's getting bigger than the other. And for the first time in my life, dude, my left arm is getting a little bigger than my right because I'm favoring that bicep on almost every exercise. So I think for the next couple of weeks, man, I may just focus on, you know, a little cardio, man, just go on some hikes and, you know, hit the three, 12, uh, 30 thing and, you know, hit it. But you, you, I don't know. You, you said, I know you, you said you packed your meals. You're on the road, obviously for those of you on YouTube, that's not Josh's office, but you packed your <laughs> meals and you, you sent us a picture. I was like, damn, man, that's, that's squared away. But I didn't know how the gym was, and you mean you get? Are you able to stick with it? Yeah, I mean it's a little hotel gym, right? So I mean, there's you know they've got dumbbells in there up to, I think this one's like up to forty pounds. You know, it's got one elliptical and one treadmill, and oh. you know, and then it's got like half of the you know what like the Bosu balls or whatever they call them. You know, it's got one of those and like, that's it. Um, and you know, and a little shitty water cooler and, you know, some, some towels, but which is fine because I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you can, you can get done what you need to get done, you know, with just body weight. So yeah, I've been repping out some, you know, some push ups and stuff like that. And then the dumbbell stuff, you know, I mean, you, you just, you do enough reps. I don't care how heavy, you know, how light that dumbbell is. You know, you start doing a whole bunch of reps, then you just, okay, I'm, you know, I'm going to do, start out with the forties and just work my way down, you know, to the light ones, you know, a bunch of reps. So you can get done what you need to get done. Um, you know, try and been trying to do it early in the morning when I wake up, uh, you get it done. But I tell you the mills, so I went to this place uh, where I live. It's called Clean Eats, and they've got locations, you know, everywhere. It's not just where where I live, and they, you know, they have these pre made meals. You can pick them, and they've got all sorts of different recipes and and everything. And but the label, you know, on the meal, it breaks down what it is, what's in there, and then it breaks down all your macros. All right, it breaks down your protein. Oh wow, your car. Yep, it breaks down how many grams of protein, how many grams of carbs, and how many grams of fat are in each one. So even by that, you can kind of pick and choose what you want. I mean, you know, some are higher than others, and then some are, and then you know, has it calories? How many calories are on there as well? Uh, I think the the highest caloric one was like five hundred and fifty calories. Um, and so, yeah. And so I've been able to, you know, by doing that, you know, I do that, you know, I packed them in the ice chest and, uh, you know, put a bunch of freezer packs in there. And, you know, when I got to my hotel, you know, threw them in the, threw them in the freezer and 
I pull one out, pop it in the microwave for four minutes, and yeah, I'm, it's good to go. And uh, so, it's all are they good? Are they good? Yeah, some of them are pretty good. The breakfast ones are really good because it, again, it, me personally, I think it's really hard to mess up breakfast. It, yeah. it can be done, but it's but it's hard. Uh, those were really good. Some of the dinners have been very good. Uh, I've, I have had one. There was one that was uh, orange chicken, right? And I love orange chicken. Uh, that orange chicken one, man, that one, uh, that one fell a little short. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah. So no, they, they were good, and it's all natural. It's all natural ingredients. They don't, you know, they they might have like you know, I have one that was like pulled pork, and it had a touch of barbecue sauce in it. But other than that, it's you know, you've got a meat, a protein. Uh, meat and protein. You have a protein, you have a carb in there, and you have some vegetables. And those yeah. vegetables, you know, yeah, man. And, you know, the vegetables for, like, the breakfast, even the breakfast has vegetables, and it's all, like, you know, red, orange, and yellow onions, you know, with an omelet, um, you know, in there and stuff like that. So I think I'm going to I'm gonna look at doing that when I, mm-hmm. you know, when I travel. Uh, That's a good idea. Because. So quick question. So for how many meals did you get? Two questions. How many meals did you get? Total, like how many? How many did you get? Thirteen. Thirteen. How much was that? It was with tip. I think ninety-one dollars. Uh, you know, you do the. I mean, it sounds like a lot, but do the math on that, and that's really not that bad, man. That's no. really not that bad. No, th- I mean, you think about when you go out. You know, you go out. You just you go out to you know a restaurant. Let's say you you know let's say you do fast food, right? You do that three times a day. That's what you say you're going to drop fifteen dollars on you per day, or fifteen dollars a meal times you know breakfast, lunch, dinner. That's forty five bucks a day. Yeah. Now if you're gone, you know you're doing that. You're gone for you know, you have a travel day on each end, so you have you know six dinners alone, just six dinners alone. You know, I mean, dude, you're 90 bucks for, you know, for meals all week. Come on. Well, you know, I always try to pick a hotel that has a kitchenette when I'm on the road like you yep. are right now. And I'll go to the grocery store and get you know, there's not much variety in what I get, though. I get enough stuff. And uh, Diego and Dina and Jesse, if you still listen, know exactly what I make. I'm not going to tell the audience. I'll save that for another. But I make the same thing every night, one of two things. And I get enough for you know five days or 10 days or how many ever I'm going to be there. Because what the hell? I'm on the road. I know what I like. And I guarantee you, thir- I guarantee you, I spend more than ninety-one dollars. Even even the grocery store picking it up to cook in my room. I mean, so it's called what? It's called Clean Eats, and so it's okay. you know spelled the Eats is spelled E A T Z. Hold on, I've got their. Uh, I've got their. I've got their menu right here. I don't know if uh, Clean Eats. You know, anyway. okay. Clean Eats. Um, That's not bad. No, it's not bad at all. Like, and like I said, you know, ninety-one bucks. And the the uh, the other good thing about it is the the dishes that they come in the little you know Tupperware type containers. It's portion controlled, right? Because you can only fit so much in there, and it's definitely less than I would put on my plate at home. So, yeah. you know, I, I think you know it's a good deal. I like it. You know, it's the first time I've really done it because you know, generally speaking, I'm like you. I've always tried to pick a hotel or the kitchen. I was like, I'll go to the grocery store when I get in, you know, yeah. and pick up some stuff. But 
I generally, I pick up some BS, like I'm going to have cereal for breakfast. You know, I pick up, you know, a gallon of milk and cereal, so I can have some cereal for breakfast. The hotel breakfasts, I can't do them anymore. I just can't, I can't do them. The, the powdered eggs, the rubbery, you know, sausage, the soggy bacon. I just, I can't do it. Um, so, do the the breakfast breakfast uh, one of the best Marriotts uh, one of the best affordable Marriotts because you know you got your JWs and stuff like that they're high end but there's a really great Marriott Diego another one I'm talking about in Odessa Texas <laughs> it's the only good thing in Odessa but uh, they have a breakfast it's not bad but it's it's I, I call it all you can eat bacon and the bacon is good and dude I eat one or two platefuls of bacon when I go to that hotel. I love it. But holy so, <laughs> speaking of orange chicken, uh, I mentioned Diego a lot because he was giving me a hard time about us not recording. And he was also giving me a hard time about saying in the last one, or the one before that, I don't even know if Diego listens anymore. Boy, he took that. Real <laughs> <laughs> but, but, <laughs> speaking of orange chicken, Diego must, I, obviously he never watched on YouTube. Because he did not realize until two episodes ago or one episode ago, I was I was saying, hey, Roger, you know, being Asian as you are. And Diego's like, what? Roger's Asian. <laughs> and then he actually got oh, to meet Lord. Roger face to face and didn't realize. <laughs> <laughs> so in other words, oh. Roger, Roger talks like a white guy. He talks like a white dude. But he uh, does. So I want to share this story with the audience because uh, Robert. Uh, still listens and Robert is deployed right now. And uh, yeah, it, he sent me a, a message uh, late last night, early this morning. And I got it, you know, when I woke up and it was him with this other dude and I, sh- I should pull it up actually, but uh, it's him with this other guy. And he goes, uh, do you recognize this guy? Uh, this guy says he knows you is what he said. Ha ha small world. And I zoom in on the guys like, I do know that guy. And the guy is a Slovenian intelligence officer I used to work with when I was over there for four years. Really good dude. Uh, just a great guy. His name's Roman. And it's it's Robert and Roman overseas uh, together. And it's like in a, in a hostile environment. And I was just like, man, what a small world. Robert is... Uh, the, my my daughter's ex boyfriend and but you know every everything's amicable and we still talk to Robert we're still real close with him but man what a what a small world dude it's just it's a it's absolutely amazing and I do you know he's he's not supposed to say where he is but when I saw the picture of him and, and Roman I, I know exactly where they are and so does Josh but it's one of those it's a secret but it's not a secret you know it's like right but. And so I immediately, Josh, we talk about this all the time. It's like immediately I was like, oh, bro, if you're allowed to go off the base, you need to go to the shawarma place there. And I think it was, you said it was Mr. Chicks. I can never remember the name. You said Mr. Chicks? Yep, Mr. Chicks. Yeah. And see, we're still abiding by OPSEC because look up Mr. Chicks uh, uh, anywhere in the world. There's a few of them and none of them that show up on Google Earth or in the place that we were at. But dude, <laughs> best best shawarma in the world. And I told, I told Robert, I was like, I could drive you there right now, but I'm having a hard yep. time map tracking to it. You know, it's one of those things where it's like muscle memory to drive there, but map tracking yeah. to it, it would probably take me quite a while to do that. But anyway, it, you remember that place, man? God, it was so good. Yeah. 
Dude, it was amazing because they put they put the fries inside the shawarma wrap too. It was oh. if you asked them to, dude. It was it was the best. Hey, Robert, if Robert's listening, uh, you know when the, when this comes out, hey man, I know right where it is. I can map track you right to it. If oh, you, you can if you want to. Yeah, yeah. Well, shit. I know right, right, dude. I know right where it is. Well, if you have some time uh, tomorrow, which you won't, <laughs> you won't have any time tomorrow. <laughs> but if hey, on your way back, on your way back. Uh, uh, well, you won't be able to do that too either because you're driving. But maybe, dude, I can do it. I mean, it's a quick, it's a quick just, screenshot. Okay, just send me a pin or something, man. I'll, I'll, I'll send that to him. I and he's like, well, I, I don't know if it's a long way off base. I may not be able to. And I was like, just ask around, bro. Just ask around. You know what yeah. I'm talking about. It's like ask dude, around, bro. Anybody that anybody that has been where they're at for more than you know, like a day or two. Tell you right now, they know about Mr. Chicks. And you say, hey, man, I need some Mr. Chicks shawarma. I got cash. They will go get you some Mr. Chicks shawarma. And you oh, will they'll be, be happy to, to do it. it. Yeah, they'll be happy to do it. And tell them, be like, hey, here, get you some too. Uh, because they're probably going to get them some regardless. It truly here's, is. Here's, it, it truly is the best shawarma. Here's a tip for Robert if he's listening. It's like find the guys who look cool. You know what I'm saying? Who look a little bit different than everybody else that everyone's afraid to approach. And maybe find a very genteel way to approach them and say, hey, I've got a couple of guys a little bit older uh, in their late 40s who were over here in, uh, what was that, 2016, 17, 18? Yeah. 17, 18. And, you know, it, they just they told me that I have to try Mr. Chicks. Do you guys know what that is? And they, they'll either be dicks, but they'll probably be cool. And, you know, just for old time's sake, and maybe you could say they were part of your unit or whatever. And uh, maybe they'll hook you up, dude. But uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it would just be so terrible to be in that place and not have Mister Shakes. <laughs> yeah, it truly would be. I mean, it truly would be a waste, you know, if if he didn't get that while I was there, and then and then get some gelato. Like it oh. truly would be. It truly would be a waste. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, dude, I'll, I'll send you a pin. Um, where is that? And. Uh, you can you can get that to uh, to Robert. Yeah, yeah, too easy. Yeah, man, can you believe it? I mean, whatever. I'm not even gonna, I'm not even going to go there. I'm not going to go there out of respect for Robert and you know all that stuff. I'm not even going to get into it. But you probably know what I was going to talk about. Uh, yeah, the fact that he it's a um, yeah. No, it's a uh, when you sent that picture, it, it, it was crazy because I mean, what are the odds? Of you know somebody you worked with in Slovenia bumping into your daughter's ex boyfriend you know where they're at you know <laughs> like I mean it's just not and then you know them meeting each other and then them working out like oh hey by the way do you know this goon and it's just you know that's that's nuts yeah the, I, I know how it happened because on uh, Roman's uniform it says Slovenia on it. And I guarantee, you know, Robert knew I was over there for four years. And he's like, oh, hey, Slovenia, I, I, I've got a really clo- a good friend who who's over there. Who was it? Oh, it was Luke. Oh, <laughs> he said, like, the guy nearly, you know, he got so happy and, like, teary-eyed and stuff. Because we really got along with those guys, man. I mean, I always, I know I always bitch about Europeans. But the ones I worked with, for the most part, were pretty cool. But I got to tell you, man, one of these days, Josh, and uh, this will be a teaser, one of these days – Put a pin in this. Everybody's listening. I'm going to tell you about working with Canadian intelligence and how shitty they were. Like, just it was just ridiculous. The, the nonsense that they pulled, the Canadians, 
Uh, whatever. So politically correct. Uh, so it was just ridiculous. And then we'll tell you a story about the French uh, special forces. So we'll, we'll put, a, put a pin in that and maybe talk about those uh, later later on. Because the French special forces are no joke. But yeah. their mission their mission over there was quite different than ours. <laughs> yeah. Quite I different. Did. I didn't work with any regular, you know, regular big, big army, big, big red army, I guess it would be, for the Canadians. Uh, you know, the regular maple syrup. Uh, we had a couple well, of their intel dudes that, you know, sat in our space and, uh, and worked. And those things were legit. They did a lot of the CEM stuff. And they, those dudes were legit. They were super cool, hard workers, like zero, zero issues out of them. No. Okay, well, okay, well, then I'll get, I'll get into it a little bit. <laughs> so they had a whole team. <laughs> they, they had a whole team over there uh, where you and I were at the same time. And I was there with Joe. Remember Joe? Oh, Good you Lord. know who I'm talking about. Joe C. Yep. Uh, so I, I went to a meeting with uh, Joe C., with the Canadians. And they had a whole team there, and they had some operators and everything. And basically, uh, I won't tell the whole story now, but they, they were squared away. They did know what they were doing. But they got an order from on high to basically screw us. And, yeah, it's like, dude, I know, you know, when they – when the whole thing went down and they told us their BS reason why they couldn't do what we wanted them to do, I was like, I probably should have just confronted them and said, look, man, I'm not an idiot. But they were treating us like idiots. They got an order from on high to not do something and like high, high. And uh, and they just decided to lie to us about it instead of telling the truth. And it's like, bro, we are a long way from your home. You know, you can just tell me the truth. Just get one on one and tell me the truth. You know, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'd like to think I, I wouldn't do the same thing, but um, it, it was just disappointing because they, they were good guys up right up until the point where they, uh, they basically screwed us because we could have done some really good stuff, and because they're so politically correct and they're upper, you know, higher government. Because Josh, you know the deal. When you're operating at that level, you have to have approval from pretty high to do certain things, and. Yep. When they went in for approval, their upper said, yeah, no, you're not going to do that. It's exactly what happened. And whatever. So it is what it is, man. It's probably getting boring for, for a lot of people in the audience without getting into too many specifics. But I'll tell you one thing, Josh. I'm, I'm less and less concerned about getting into specifics these days. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But so nope. anyway, uh, <laughs> so Josh and I are going to try something tonight uh, where we're going to talk about uh, – a local issue, a state issue, and then uh, maybe like a national issue. But we're not going to say the T word, right? The T R U. We're not going to. We're not going to talk about him. So nope. it'll it'll be anything but the the orange man. So a local issue. I'm gonna I'm gonna start. Um, and get Josh's thoughts on it. So I think if you guys have been listening, you you kind of were tracking uh, my problem with the city council uh, a few weeks ago, and since then the city council hasn't hasn't uh, done itself any favors by winning the uh, the approval of the community and which they don't need the approval of the community because they represent the community but they so they should act as such and they don't they, they, they don't act like that they're you know now that the community's all riled up and the homeowners association is uh, is riled up 
they, they've kind of gone into their shell. So what's going on is, you know, there's a city council meeting last, uh, not last night, the night before. And I went and it was packed because people are now engaged with their community, which I love. Shout out to everybody in Ransom Canyon who was there who actually listened to the show. I think there's a grand total of zero <laughs> that, that fit both those criteria. But anyway, so uh, they talked about the new development, uh, but, you know, a few people got up and spoke. City Council did not address it. Now, I don't know why City Council chooses to be silent. I don't understand that. Do they not want to get into legal trouble? What's the deal? You know, you can speak to the community. You don't have to, but you can if you want to. They, they, they decided not to. So here, here's the point. Let's get kind of boring for people who don't live in Ransom Canyon. So our lake out here, we have a nice little lake at the bottom of the canyon. It's not huge, very small. But Josh, you know what happens to lakes over time. Uh, the silt builds up on the bottom. Man-made lakes, I should say. Silt builds up on the bottom. And if you don't take care of that silt, eventually you will not have a lake. Well, this this lake hasn't been dredged in 47 years that I know of or that anybody Holy can cow. So basically about half of the lake is actually dying. It's dying. Uh, it's, it's unhealthy as far as a lake goes. So it's not unhealthy to swim in or anything like that. But at one point in the lake, you can physically walk from one end to the other. That That's not good. Uh, so... A guy got up there uh, as part of the conservation committee and gave a nice long you know, presentation. It was very good about, hey, this needs to be done and it ain't going to be cheap. But if we don't do it now, your grandkids will not enjoy this lake. So after his really great little presentation, uh, city council has an opportunity to address that. And they don't. They don't say anything. They don't say nothing. So another guy gets up there afterwards and he talks about. They're talking about $1.5 million grant that they're going to apply for, for tech, from Texas Parks and Wildlife to improve the park at the top of the canyon. Oh, city council had a lot of questions about that. Positive type questions. We're going to get a $1.5 million grant, but we're also going to have to pitch in $1.7 million of our own money, the taxpayers' money. And I'm like, you know, Josh, it sounds great. It sounds absolutely great to have a city park. But I don't know if you ever watch House Hunters or House Hunters International, you and your wife. Have you ever watched that Sometimes, show? Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so these people go into these houses. They're like, oh, look at this beautiful, tiny little deck. Isn't this a great spot? Every night I'll come out here and have my wine. Every morning I'll come out here, sit and have my coffee. Dude, you will do that maybe twice a year. It's why I hate yep. dining rooms. It's why I hate formal <laughs> dining rooms. It's like you will use that formal dining room twice a year. You will use that deck to go out and have your coffee in the morning, maybe once or twice a year. Same thing with the city park. Dude, it's great, but I'm telling you right now, people will not utilize it for the amount of money that we're going to put into it. Do I think it needs to be improved? Sure. But do I think it's as big a deal as dredging the lake so the lake can survive? Absolutely not. So I'm like, oh, but city council cares about that. Because it's a burden to hand, right? It's a burden to hand that, that everybody likes. So then, you know, and then they talk. And then some guy gets up there who's on the agenda to talk about. And I don't, I'm not talking smack on this guy, but dude, I just really don't care. He gave like a 30 minute presentation on pickleball, how great it is, and how we need to convert the tennis courts to pickleball courts. And I'm like, how is this possibly an issue? You know, we got a development coming in here. We got a lake that's dying. Why are we talking about pickleball? You know. 
And furthermore, Lubbock, the city of Lubbock, is building a lake probably about, I don't know, a mile, mile and a half from here for drinking water. It's called Lake Number 7. And we're not sure if they're going to be able to cut off our water supply to the lake, you know, runoff. We don't know. Right. And it's like there are bigger fish to fry. Ha <laughs> lake, fish, fry. There are bigger fish to fry than the park and the dang pickleball courts. That's all I'm saying, John. So that, that's kind of what's going on here. It's a little frustrating. Uh, you know, you got to get your priorities in order, right? You got to think about your grandkids. You can't think about, you know, and, and that's where I, I, you know, I'm not an environmentalist, Josh, like I said, but I am a conservationist. I do realize that, especially with man-made stuff, you really have to take care of it, especially when water's involved or you're going to lose it. So whatever. So that that's kind of what's going on locally. You know, uh, you get more involved in your community. You start to see these things and you start to, you know, get more concerned with them. And so I'm happy I have the time to do that, but uh, it does get a little frustrating. So. Number one, what do you think about all that stuff? <laughs> Got anything to add? And number two, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Yeah, it's, it, that's truly insane. But here's why I, Here's why I think, anyway, the city council cared more about that park than they do about, you know, dredging that lake. Because that park, as soon as they said, hey, we're applying for a one point whatever million dollar grant, city saw dollar signs. They're like, oh, we can get some money. They're going to put, you know, some money into that park. They probably won't spend all of the money on that park, as you said. What they already have another, you know, one point whatever million to put toward it. That's an exp- I mean, that's an expensive park. I, I hope I'm saying that right. I, you know, I might. I'm, I think I'm saying it wrong, Josh. I think we're. I think the numbers are not in the millions. Uh, I think we may be talking about the hundreds of thousands. So I exaggerate a little bit on that because initially somebody said the millions, and that's kind of what stuck in my head. But I think that was a mistake. But still, hundreds of thousands of dollars for a city. Uh, you know, 11, 1200 people, your, your point still rings true. Yeah, for sure. So, but yeah, I mean, they are, they, they see dollar signs. Oh, cause we can get that money. It's like what Louisiana did with the, with the lottery, right? So Louisiana said, Hey, we want the lottery here so we can put it towards schools and roads. That money is going to go towards schools and roads. All right. And everybody voted on it. Everybody was like, all right, fine. You know, let's get our schools and roads taken care of. Well, as soon as everybody voted to approve the state lottery, Louisiana passed a law to allows them to reappropriate funds for schools and roads. If you drive through I-10 on Louis, in Louisiana, it is the one of the worst. And granted, yes, I know it's federal. Uh, you know, it's an interstate. But even, you know, other roads, you go into Lafayette and other places, the roads are atrocious. None of the money goes toward roads anymore because they, you know, they pass that. They're like, oh, yeah, everybody wants the lottery because we can make our schools and roads better. Oh, look, we're just going to go ahead and move these funds from schools and roads and go do something else with them. It's uh, it's a story as old as time when it uh, when it comes to that. But, yeah, man-made lakes, you have to maintain them. Those require a lot of care and feeding to, uh, you know, to remain viable and you know, a lot of folks don't know. I don't, is there any lake in Texas that's not man-made? There's one. Uh, I don't think it's Lake Allen. Uh, somebody just told me this long, not long ago, and it's not Lake Allen, Henry. That's not it. But there is one, and I can't remember which one it is. I think it was uh, our, our listener, Chris, if he still listens. Uh, I think, yeah, there is one. I know there's one. But, yes, the majority, yeah. are, in fact, almost all are man-made. 
Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of care and feeding that has to happen to all of the lakes in Texas, you know, not just the one, you know, where you live, but they do. You you have to maintain them. You have to, you know, care for people. And that goes for man-made lakes anywhere. Um, so I, I do like the, uh, I do like the pickleball, you know, the fact that somebody was able to, you know, tie up 30 minutes of the people's time with, uh, you know, with pickleball, you know, and, we should convert dude. the kind <laughs> the guy's a nice guy. This is why I hate I hate it. But the guy's a nice guy. He went through the proper procedure to get on city council uh, agenda to, to speak to the public with basically unlimited time. And he's a nice guy. But I'm just like, good Lord. I mean, he went into the, the history of pickleball, Josh. He went into the history of it. And he's like nine million people play pickleball. And I'm like, oh, geez. Ah. I, th- I don't know. I thought pickleball was big six years ago or seven years ago. I didn't I didn't realize it's like I thought it was on its way out. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, whatever. Pickleball, you know. I'm no, it's caught on. So we have a park. You know, there's a park where we live. And they have converted. Well, I say converted. They just painted the pickleball lines on, you know, top of the tennis courts. And so – you know, it's one of those like, hey, if somebody, you know, somebody gets there before you do and they want to play tennis, they play tennis. You know, if somebody gets there and they want to play pickleball, they, you know, they play pickleball. Uh, okay. Me, Go ahead. Sorry. It's, uh, no, no, no. What were you got? Oh, I was going to say, you know, because I, I hate this. I should know more about this stuff. But apparently there are a number of, of natural lakes in Texas. But uh, the the big ones are the Sabine Lake, Green Lake, Cotto Lake, Natural Dam Lake, and Big Lake. And uh, but but a lot of them are just playas. They're usually dry anyway. But uh, those, <laughs> apparently those still count as lakes. There are a few, but I do know based on what Chris was telling me. Yeah, there compared to the man-made lakes, there are there are very few natural lakes. So sorry to cut you off yeah. on your little pickleball rant there. But the last no, no, thing no. we do is talk about freaking pickleball. Cause I'm tired of hearing about. So pickleball, right? Sorry, so we played pickleball. Uh, the wife signed us up for uh, for pickleball lessons, and uh, it's you know what we went to you know we went to some played some. It, it's it, it's fun, right? It is it, it's fun, and it, you know if the kids are like, hey, I want to play that, that's fun because you know it doesn't it doesn't take a, well it takes skill, but not you know you're not you know you're not splitting atoms. And so the kids find, you know, the kids are like, oh, no, this is kind of fun. So it, it gets the kids out, uh, you know, gets them out of the house, you know, to go do something outside, physical activity. I thought it was fun. I had a good time. I don't know that. And I don't, well, I, I don't think that, it, you know, it's worth tying up 30 minutes of the city council's time to brief them on pickleball. You know, I mean, that's that's pretty ridiculous because, like you said, there are other fish to fry, bigger fish to fry where you live. And that would be, that would be absurd anywhere, you know, unless you're in like a, you know, a 50 and over like retirement community and, you know, you just don't have anything else to talk about there. But, well, you know, when you got problems, we are the people, what I noticed is, uh, and this is what Rod, you, Roger and I have talked about is the majority, I'd say 80% of the people who are engaged with the city right now. Uh, city council meetings and trying to organize and things like that. The majority are retirees, dude. I mean, eighty percent. There are a few, uh, and th- th- those younger people who are there are very involved and very energetic. But the simple fact is, and correct me if I'm wrong, that um, the only people who have time to do that kind of stuff are old people or rich people. 
you know? Uh, yeah. And that, that's just a shame, you know, that, that we're so busy nowadays that, uh, you know, it's just really difficult to get there. I guess it's a combination, busy and just maybe don't care, not engaged. You know, what difference can I make? Yeah, there's definitely that. It's probably a little bit of both. Uh, you know, people are busy. Even if they do care, they're too busy. And, you know, at some point you got to prioritize some stuff. And I think we, and maybe we don't, I don't know. I think we overextend ourselves too much, you know, because especially, especially people that are wired like us, because we're, you know, you got folks hitting you up. Hey, can you help me? What do you think? Can, you know, do you got some time to talk to me about this? Yep, sure do. You know, because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to say no. And then it's, you know, well, I got to get this done, you know, at the house. Oh, so, you know, we got, you know, kids something, you know, or another. And I got to go do this over here. And I, th- I don't know that we've gotten worse at saying no to things and just cutting off and saying, okay, I need to protect some time on the calendar, that white space, that white space is not meant to fill all the time, right? You have to have some white space on the calendar and that white space needs to be protected and guarded. Uh, I think we do a bad job. And I say we, you know, people just kind of wired like us do a bad job because we look at it and we say, no, I can, I can accomplish something else there. I can get something else done there. So let me go ahead and fill that white space. And then, you know, you kind of get task saturated and you realize that you're, that you're overextended. Um, yeah. That almost sounds like an intro to a chapter that would be in a book called Harder to Kill. To me. <laughs> <laughs> but what do I know? We have failed. We have failed miserably at, at getting hey, that thing up off the ground. <laughs> not necessarily, dude. I think what we said back in the day is we're going to have it done by September. I think that's what we said. And we still got some time. Still opportunity to excel. Well, let me let me bounce this off you. Give me a therapy session here based on what you just said uh, to piggyback on that. The way I look at it with city council and, you know, I think I mentioned, uh, you know, thoughts in my head of running for mayor is in, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I should do it. And then I start thinking about what would that take? What would that take out of me? And I start thinking, you know, new job. I'm getting fully immersed in that. I feel like I really need to do a good job. Uh, other stuff in my life. I'm trying to stay in shape. I'm trying to, you know, get everything together, you know, looking, looking forward to retirement. And I'm like, could I give this a hundred? Could I get like, if I decide to run for mayor, could I give this a hundred percent? And this is what I'm asking you. It's like what I think in my mind and what dissuades me from doing it is I don't think I could give it a hundred percent. I don't think I could give it the attention that it needs. But then I look at, well, who, who's 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 running for mayor now? Are they giving it the attention it needs? I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like if I'm going to do something, I need to dedicate. I need to be able to do it 100. percent You know, I need to be able to give it that time. You know, and is that part of what you were talking about? Like, you know, task saturation. And you know, I, I don't know. You just said learning to say no is what I just described. Learning to say no, or do I need to like look at it differently? Well, I think it depends, you know, a hundred percent. Could you give it a hundred percent of what you are right now? Yeah, I think, I, I think you could, but it comes down to at what, at what, de- you know, to what detriment, 
that's what it's going to you know come down to because you know it was like I was explaining to some folks here very recently. You know, they talked about multitasking. They're like, "Oh well, I'm multitask." I'm like, I don't think multitasking is a thing. I've been reading a lot on multitasking, and people are like, "Oh, I can do you know five things at once." It's like, no, no, you really can't. And so I'll use texting and driving, you know, kind of, you know, in the, as an example. So reading some of these studies and stuff, when you're texting and driving, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, like, I'm bad about it. Like I've gotten, I think I've gotten better. I I use voice to text more than, you know, texting and driving because back in the day, I mean, dude, you think about us being in a call sign. I mean, how many things were we doing in there while we're driving, you know, 60 miles an hour? Like it was, it was not good. Like it was, it, it was legit not good. And the fact that, you know, none of us, you know, seriously got seriously injured or seriously injured somebody else doing it, uh, is, is, is nuts. Uh, you know, because we did a lot of, we did a lot of crazy stuff anyway. So, well, I, I was, go ahead, go ahead, finish your thought. I'm sorry. Uh, I was going to say, so I was reading this stuff about multitasking, right? And they say, you're actually not multitasking when you're doing that. When you are looking at your phone or when you, you know, are texting, your brain, your brain is aware that you're driving. It's aware that you're, you know, you're traveling down the road, but it's not focused on it. Your brain is focused on what you're looking at. That's what your brain is focused on. It's aware of some of your surroundings, Right, because you can't be aware of everything in your, you know, in your surroundings, in your environment. Your brain just can't do that. It's not how your brain works, um, you know. But so, could you give it a hundred percent? Yeah, and you would because you're that type of person. But to what detriment? It would be detrimental to your health. It would be detrimental to you know your, you know your your wife, you know your home relationships, uh, you know friend relationships and stuff, because go back and look at it. And I had to, I, I had to remind myself of this as well. So when I retired, I started to look at a job in Afghanistan because that job in Afghanistan paid a ridiculous amount of money. Like I could have went to work for 11 months and paid off my house and, uh, you know, and other things. So, but I was looking at it and I was like, I was just looking at that salary and I was like, I, like I can do this. I know I can do the job. I just did it for 22 years. Like I have no doubt I can do it. But then, you know, talking to the wife, stuff like that, she's like, why did you retire? Like, why did you retire? Right. And I said, because I was tired of being gone all the time. Like it was impacting, you know, home life. Like I need to be here more with the kids, you know, and everything like that. And she's like, so why are you looking at a job that's going to take you away for a, a year? And I was like, Oh, you know what? That's a great point. Yeah, you're right. So, you know, for you, okay, why did you transition into this new role? Right? What were some of the reasons? That might have been the reason, but what were some of the reasons? Now, why would you go take it, you know, seek another role that is, you know, contrary to the reasons of why you, you know, went into this one? So. Yeah, and I, I, I'm not saying I won't do it, but you're right. That's something it's a bandwidth issue, right? And something will fall off. Yep. Uh, whether that's physical fitness, whether that, let's be honest, dude, that the mayor job here is pro is not like the, you know, mayor of a town of even 300,000 people, like the mayor of Lubbock, you know, or Amarillo. Uh, it wouldn't be that taxing, but I would want to give it, you know, uh, a relatively good amount of attention and take a lot of the onus off the, 
city manager who does everything now and make a few decisions as mayor. And you'd really have to do that. Uh, And it would take something. But like you said, something has to fall off at that point. Now, you know, good good thing is I've got a lot of time to think about it. I've got a lot of time to measure, you know, starting a job being two weeks into it. You kind of don't know yet what it's going to look like. Uh, You have an idea. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, you're right. And something will fall off for sure. And that's something that you've got to have a talk with your family about uh, and, and make sure that they're 100 percent into it. And they're going to support it. It can't just just be your decision. Right. Um, Correct. If, yeah. I mean, so, <clears throat> yeah, we'll see. But it's just one of those things, uh, you know, you have to weigh it out. And, you know, uh, but I do have that option now. You know, in another in another type of job, now I can run for political office. So, couldn't do that before Hatch Act. But yeah, you know, that's a little misleading because I think that the mayor uh, here is a nonpartisan position. So, it doesn't matter. You can run for a nonpartisan position uh, uh, under the provisions of, of the Hatch Act. But it's always up to the lawyers. It's always up to your boss in uh, in the government. Yep. So, you know, and, and I, I have a friend actually. I'm not going to call him out by name. Uh, he knows he's listening and he'll know what I'm talking about his managers and bosses. He was going to run for either school board or city council. I don't remember which one it was and he would have won, but he did the quote unquote right thing. And, and it was a nonpartisan position, I believe. And the managers and the supervisor said, no, it's not a good idea for you to do that. And the reason they gave him was BS. It was complete BS, but so he didn't do it. And he could have now, you know, I don't have to deal with that shit anymore. Put it to you that way. Don't have to deal with that. I can be a lot more outspoken. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you and Roger have, have dealt with issues, you know, the cancel culture these days. Oh man. You find yourself in big trouble in short order. <laughs> but, yeah. So you, okay. So you were saying something, uh, when we were talking about this, jank ass format that came up with. seems to be okay so far but uh you were talking about a thing that happened locally that uh yeah. is just it, interesting is not the right word but i'm gonna let you go off yeah so one last comment you know one last comment on your you know your your run for uh you know mayor of kingstown um you know, you're right. It's, you know, it's not just your decision because that would be something like, you know, your wife would, t- and, you know, you, you get into the mayor's office, then, you know, it, it's not just you, like now your wife's under a microscope, you know, everything's under a microscope everywhere she goes, even if you're not, you know, with her at the time, like she's, she has to be switched on, on point, you know, everything she says, everything she does, because you're right. The cancel culture is real and there are people out there that are going to hate you just because you're you and they're going to be, you know, they're, they're always going to be looking for a way to, uh, you know, to burn Rome down. So, yeah. So local and, uh, local and my news, my, uh, my wife sent out a, she sent out a picture in our, our family text group and she was like, what is going on? So one of our, or two of our kids, their middle one of their middle school teachers just got arrested for indecencies with a minor sexual battery. Um, and, and there was some, you know, some child, uh, pornography involved, I believe and charge. And 
you know, what's crazy is like, I've dealt with this guy. I've talked to this guy you know, during COVID. He was not the best teacher, you know, out there. Like I had to jump on, uh, you know, one of their, one of my kids zoom, you know, classes when they were, you know, working from home because this guy, you know, was not responding to emails. My daughter's like, Hey, you know, I have questions on this math and, and you know, stuff like that. And it was like, well, okay, well, email your teacher. That's what they said to do. You know, we'll see, we'll see what shakes out. And, uh, you know, it turns around and like, you know, he didn't, he didn't email her back for like a week and a half. And I was like, you know, I was sending him emails. My wife sent me like, what's going on? Like, you know, we talked about it on the podcast, you know, I remember that these teachers, like teachers have to be responsive. If this is the way we're going to do, you got to be responsive because kids can't, you know, be, you know, waiting a week and a half to turn in a, you know, a, a, a piece of work. And uh, anyway, so when like, you know, all the kids log on and everybody's, you know, little Johnny's, you know, up on Zoom and it's, you know, here's so I'm just sitting there right in the Hollywood Square. It's just my mean mug amongst all these kids. And like he gets on there and he's like, oh, oh, I was like, hey, yeah. So I'm so-and-so's dad. Uh, she sent you an email a week ago, a little over a week ago. I'm going to need you to respond to that and help her as her teacher. And, uh, you know, after that, 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 that fixed the issue for a little while. Um, but anyway, yeah. And so this pops up, no idea, but you know, there was no indicator, no clue before this. And it's just one, it's absolutely insane. And, you know, we, we always say, Hey, you know, everybody's, everybody's innocent until they're proven guilty in a court of law. But generally speaking, especially where I live, the DA, they don't bring they don't bring cases. They don't issue you know they don't bring charges against somebody unless they know they can get it. That's just kind of you know one one of the things that goes here. And uh, you know this one they arrest you know they I mean they, they arrest them um, and they said that the you know the the evidence uh, the preponderance of evidence is overwhelming. And so you know I would say to people out there you got to be involved. I mean, we're, you know, we're involved with our kids. We're involved with their teachers or schools, you know, but even this, we didn't see it. We didn't notice it. Um, and you're just, I don't know if we're seeing more and more of it because it's, you know, it's becoming more prevalent these days or, you know, part of it is because, you know, we're in a connected, we live in a connected world, um, you know, or, or what, or, you know, this is what makes news. So this is what's hitting the news now. And it's always been going on, but it, it just, it seems like there's more and more of these cases occurring, um, you know, than, than not. So I can't dude. I can't wait till our kids are out of school, you know, out of public schools, um, you know, and, and away from having to hang out with teachers for, you know, however many hours a day, uh, you know, they can, they can get out. Cause I don't, like now, you know, oh, we're going to have a field trip here. We're doing field trips, overnight field trips, you know, go to D.C. for a couple of days, stuff like that. I'm like, you know what? I'm going. I'm chaperoning, you know, because I just I, I'm to the point where I don't trust any any of them at all. And I know that's and I, and I know that's terrible because I know there's some good ones out there. Uh, but I just I just don't, especially not when it comes to my kids. It's the bad ones, <clears throat> the bad ones that give the you know, the, the good ones, because the preponderance of them, I am convinced, you know, because I've I, got a lot of we've got a, a lot of actual teachers who listen to this podcast, teachers and coaches. And we trash on teachers quite a bit. And it's a shame because the 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 bad ones really do make it hard on the good ones. 
It's pathetic. Ugh, but so is it happening more often now than, than it did? I I don't know. I don't know. That that's a tough that's a tough one. Um, and that's a deep one. You know, so a few of the people that listen to this podcast, we we had a friend who does not listen. Uh, growing up, we knew his dad. Uh, we knew his mom. Uh, his kid was a little bit different than the rest of us, but he was still one of our one of our buddies, so to speak. And I, I think it was in I think it was after college. I think it was actually in the army uh, when it came out that his dad, uh, you know, had been indicted on multiple counts of indecency with a child, everything you just described. And apparently it had been going on for a long time. Uh, the guy's wife uh, ran a in-home daycare type thing. You know what I'm saying? Like people would bring oh, their oh kids. Geez. Yeah. Yeah. So it had been going on for quite some time. And it's just like, what the hell? You know, and that's one of those things where they, they live among us. Right. And it's like that. I don't know if I, I, I think I told you guys that Ted Bundy movie, <laughs> On Netflix, the one with what's his name, Zach Efron. Holy cow! Yeah, you, you start yeah. reading about Ted Bundy and what went on with him. True psychopath, true psychopath, who would pass a lie detector test when they asked him, "Have you murdered anyone?" He'd say, "Absolutely not," and he would pass because he does not truly believe it in his own mind. It, he He's, so and, and people like that live among us. And how many? Look up if you don't believe me. Look up for yourself. We want, all want to believe that. You know, and the police are great. We're not trashing the police or anything. But how many murders go unsolved? Newsflash, the vast majority of murders in the United States for time immemorial have gone unsolved. There are murderers that live among us who think about it quite a bit. There are sexual deviants that live among us who think about it quite a bit. And, Josh, I don't know the answer to your question. As to whether it's happening more or less, it seems like it's happening more, but you brought up some good points on why it may seem that way. But I don't want to get too far into the, the transgender thing, but we've said on this podcast repeatedly, the next step in this thing is, well, we need to normalize or, yeah, normalize sex with minors. And, I, yeah, I mean, I, it's just, man, it's so sick. And to, I, to imagine, I can't even imagine the feeling you must have had when you realized, well, when you saw this happen and my daughters were around this guy, I mean, did murderous rage go through your mind at all? Oh yeah. 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 Like dude, I was stunned and I was, you know, I was stunned and there, there was that moment of, I wonder if I can get back home in time. I can fix this. Um, but he's, you know, <laughs> he's, he's safe. He's safely, uh, well, I'll say safely, you know, he's tucked away in, uh, you know, in jail right now, waiting, you know, waiting trial. Uh, I don't think they released him on bond. And, uh, so, you know, so he's probably, he's probably not that safe once, you know, his, his celly, you know, figures out what he's in there for. Hey man, you know, the, the problem might, the problem might just take care of itself. I was going to make it guilty. Uh, I don't want to say anything that could in the future be used against me in a court of law, but I will say this, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer got murdered in prison. A yep. lot of, there's a reason why they put, uh, uh, child molesters and stuff like that. They, they, they put them, they don't put them in general population. There's a reason for right. that. And it ain't just because it ain't just because, 
everyone in prison or not everyone, but a lot of people in prison do not stand for that. It's like, oh, you're a chomo. Yeah, you're going down. It's not just that people have money. People have means. You saw that, you know, Yoran Von Sloat, the guy that killed uh, uh, Natalie Holloway. Natalie Holloway. Yep. Yeah, that dude's been attacked numerous times. Natalie Holloway's family has means. They ha- I'm sure you can develop connections. You can reach out to oh, yeah. someone while they're in prison. Put it to you that way. Oh, oh dude, 100%. So it's like, hey, man, people in prison are looking to make money just like anybody else. If you've got a life <laughs> sentence, so what? You you know, you kill a guy, you set up your, your baby mama and you, maybe your couple of kids that are outside. I mean, what, what the hell? I guarantee right, you. Hey, man. See, I don't want to incriminate myself if anything ever happens. But if something like that happens, what the hell? I'll go to prison. I'm almost 50 years old, dude. I mean, I'd miss my wife. But the way I understand it is they give conjugal visits when you're in prison if you're a good inmate. So I think my wife. <laughs> but I'm saying, oh, you dude, if, I guarantee you I can figure out a way to reach out and touch somebody if they're in prison. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's very true. And I think the conjugal visit thing. Yeah. I mean, as long as you're cool with the guards and stuff like that, it'd be like, hey, man, I just, you know, I need, I need three, <laughs> three minutes tops. Right. No. Two to three minutes. <laughs> That's all I yeah, need. Tops, top. <laughs> you know, I think that I don't know. I don't think there are many female listeners this show of this podcast at all. But isn't it funny how this kind of stuff goes through our heads? I think about this stuff. I'm like, you know, if I was in prison, yo, <laughs> yo, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I explained to somebody the other day. So I want to. God, we're going down a rabbit hole here, but we're not even an hour in yet. So what the hell? So I told you guys, I, I think I, I think I told you guys, yeah, I was making a, I was trying to make some fire starters, you know, uh, yep. you know, a little uh, with, with, uh, with shredded paper. Cause I have a ton of it. And I'm like, certainly there's something I can do with this. Oh, fire starters. So I went on the internet interwebs and I was like, okay, what, how could I do this? And I, I followed one recipe that somebody posted did not work, did not work. And I was explaining this to a, to a, to a colleague that I have now. And she was like, so why are you doing this? You know, my, my, she has a boyfriend, partner, whatever. She goes, you know, my boyfriend does that too. I don't understand what goes through you guys' heads. And I'm like, don't you realize that deep down, every man's dream is to be the Omega Man or uh, what's the movie with Will Smith? Uh, Omega Man and uh, uh, I Am Legend. I Am that's Legend, all, in New York. That's all of our dreams. That's our dream. I'm the last man on earth, and that's it. That's our dream. And I can't explain that to women, but I have. I don't think I've ever met a man's man, a real man, that didn't think about that. It's like, huh, last man on earth. Doesn't sound so bad. So it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I love that. We think about different things than women, you know? A hundred percent. And I don't know of any, you know, man's man who doesn't sit there and say and think about like, I wonder how I can more efficiently create something that will start a fire. Fucking don't. <laughs> I mean, I think, I, dude, if, if you're, if you're a man's man, like you've thought about that at some point, uh, yeah. you know, and you think about that, you know, you think about that stuff often. It's funny. So, you know, I was telling you, I think I, I don't know if I told this or not, uh, so our oldest, you know, she uh, when you know, she turned eighteen, she graduated high school and uh, and everything. And when she graduated, she you know had a bunch of friends over to the house, and you know they were hanging out, this that and the other, and uh, they wanted a fire. 
And I was like, okay, well, it's like 80-something degrees outside. But if you want to fire out, you know, in our fire pit in the backyard, hey, I'll build you, you know, I'll go out there and, you know, put a fire together real quick. So, you know, I'm out there. And uh, so I use fat lighter to, to make a fire. And, you know, for the listeners who might not know what fat lighter is, basically it's pine. It's, it's pine tree. Your piece of a pine tree, when a pine tree dies, the sap inside the pine tree hardens. And it is very flammable. So, you know, you go and you, you know, you cut up your little pieces of kindling and you use that to start the fire. And then you can use, you know, whatever type of wood you're going to use to, you know, to get your fire, keep your fire going. But so I'm out there and I'm talking to these kids, talking, and there's some boys standing around. And, you know, you can tell, like, you know, they're, you know, some of them are jocks and some of them are, you know, not jocks and stuff like that. They're, you know, standing around. And I'm like, hey, which one of y'all knows how to make a fire? And they're all like, uh, it's like, okay, one dad's out there, get it together. You need to teach your sons how to make a fire. Um, you know, that doesn't involve gasoline. And, you know, two is like, okay, well, this is how you make a fire. It showed them, hey, you know, the log cabin method is superior to the TP method, uh, you know, type stuff. And, you know, talk to them about fat lighter. It's like, get yourself some fat lighter. They're like, oh, well, you can use, you know, what about other, what are some other things? Well, you can use dryer lit. Everybody has dryer lit. Go pull that out. Every time you clean out your lint trap in your dryer, pull it out, throw it in a Ziploc bag. You put a lighter to that stuff or a match, that stuff goes right up. It's a great fire starter. Um, but, yeah, it's just we have different, you know, we definitely have different thoughts. You know, I mean, I think about, uh, you know, then the, I always think I was born, like, you know, 150 years too late because I think about, like, man, I wonder how I would have made, you know, hey, I wonder how I would have handled you know, doing the Oregon Trail in a wagon. Oh, I would have done this and I would have done that. You know, and you start thinking about it and, you know, start talking to the wife. Like, hey, what do you think about, what, you know, how will we do And she's just looking at me. She's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm like, this is how my brain works. Um, so, yeah. No, man. That's what guys think about. So that's some of the things that guys think about. Um, so... Yeah, my, my wife was complaining the other night. We were driving down the road. Lubbock has notoriously awful roads. It's very bumpy. You know, and if, if, unless you've got that old school Cadillac suspension, you're going to feel those bumps. I like feeling the bumps. I, I do. I, I like a nice, tight suspension and feeling the road. My wife does not. <laughs> she was like, this road? And I'm like, you would have never made it in the 1883 days. You would have never made it. And I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. She can, she can be tough when she wants to be, but she also, if you can be comfortable, just be comfortable. And that's what I, it sounds like your wife and my wife, I mean, are, are a lot alike. It's like, dude, you can be comfortable. Just be comfortable. Why, why, you know, we're not in 1883. We're not Tim McGraw and Faith Hill, you know, taking our daughter through Indian. Yeah. <laughs> Chill out, bro. And we're like, no, it's going to be that way. That's why we also have uh, apocalypse uh, fantasies. Well, we, we, it's like, no, you don't understand. Yes. It's going to be that way. That's why I moved next to a lake of plenty of drinking water. It's like they're looking at us That's like, right. bro, no. <laughs> a, uh, a friend of mine tells a story when COVID started and, you know, everybody was freaking out and everybody was buying up all the masks and everything like that. You know, he tells a story. He had some neighbors who were elderly and they were already, you know, in, in bad health and stuff like that. And, you know, his wife was saying, oh, you know, I really wish we would have had, you know, we had, you know, some extra masks for him and blah, blah. And he was like, oh, okay. Be right back. And he goes down in his basement, you know, to his little man cave, blah, blah, blah. And he comes back up and he has like, you know, a box 
of N95 mask, right? And, you know, however many come in a box, you know, it's like a, a hundred or so. And she starts asking him, you know, like, where, wait, where did you get those? And this is when you couldn't find N95 masks. She goes, you know, she's like, where did you get those? And I was like, well, it's in my stuff downstairs. She's like, what stuff? And he's like, the stuff you're always complaining about that I buy when I talk about, hey, there's going to come a day when we're going to need this stuff. Like something's going to happen, you know, talking about kind of like the apocalypse type, you know, scenarios. And we're going to need this stuff. And she just, you know, he said, he said, you can see the look on her face because she knew right then. I am never going to hear the end of this. Like he's going to go buy more prepping stuff and I'm not going to be able to say no, or I'm not going to be able to say anything about it. Cause it was just like, Oh, Oh, we need in the, okay, hold on. We'll be right back. Yeah. You know, it's like, Dude. Hey, I need six months of dehydrated food. Okay. Hold on. We're right back. <laughs> you know, so, Dude, I, yeah. we had a, we had a nest of swallows. We have a nest of swallows and swallows uh, per year. It's, this is the time of year they have, about three, what do you call three litters? I don't know. I don't know what birds call. They lay their eggs three times, and you know the the chicks hatch, and they learn to. So we have this cat who loves to kill those things if they decide to jump out of the nest and they can't quite fly, right? So, and my wife it just kills her. I'm like, sweet, it's a circle of life. That 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 weak ass bird couldn't fly. God meant for that bird to die because you know what else is a is a creation of God? Our cat Grumpy, who's a fucking who's an assassin. So you know what? He's just it's a circle of life and she doesn't get it. You know, well, she gets it, but her heart gets in the way, you know, because it's a cute little bird. Right. If it was a cute little scorpion, be a different story. Right. But a bird's cute enough to, you know, garner her her attention on on Darwin. But (laughs) so, yeah. Anyway, how cute cute does something need to be before you don't want it to die? Exactly. Exactly. Thank you, Tyler. uh, Tyler. Oh, what's the Yellowstone guy's name? Tyler. Taylor, Tyler, creator of Yellowstone. I can't remember. No, oh, I remember oh, Tyler, John Tyler, Tyler, Tyler Sheridan. Sheridan. Taylor yeah. Sheridan. I mean, Taylor Sheridan. John Dutton said it, but Taylor Sheridan wrote it. Uh, but yep. anyway, so one of those birds falls out of the nest, and Grumpy's about to get it. So excuse me half a second. Grumpy's about to get it, and uh, I'm like, nah, I want to put this bird back in its nest. We'll give it another chance. You all play God for the day, but you're not supposed to touch birds, right? With your human hands. Right. Otherwise, you know, the, the mother will reject it and, and push it out of the nest anyway. So what do I do? I go down to the basement in the three boxes of the stuff my wife hates. And I pull out my sterile surgical gloves, a whole box of those things, which there are 500 of those things. In there. I get my surgical. <laughs> so what are you ever going to need those for Luke? Well, here we go. So I, uh, you know, went and picked up the bird, put it back in the nest. You know what happened? It fell back out of the nest and Grumpy killed it and ate its head. So whatever. Oh. Yeah, the surgical gloves. I feel, there you go. So so some of this You're, stuff I don't want to I don't want to get into a prepper episode, but some of the stuff I've been picking up lately, uh, this this super sheet that would be super valuable. Uh, hydrogen every time I go to Costco, I pick some up. Hydrogen peroxide and isopropyl alcohol. Man, think about it, bro. Dope. People are going to trade me so many two, two, three rounds for that. It's going to be, it's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, and chlorine tabs, chlorine iodine tabs. I was about to say iodine tabs uh, for for sure. Yeah, yeah. Now, hey, man, now you're now you're vindicated. 
you have been vindicated. You know? Yeah. But yeah. I still got 499 pairs of surgical gloves. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a lot of little birds fall out of nests. But I was like, dude, I, you know, I had the opportunity to requisition a giant thing of surgical gloves. And I'm like, dude, you never know. The next pandemic may be you have to wear surgical gloves, not a mask, you know? Who knows? Yeah. Th- then there you go. You're all set. <laughs> it's one of those things like, you know, it, you should probably, you know, take some out, throw them in a, you know, a Ziploc bag or something. You know, you should probably have some in your glove box, you know, have some of that. Because especially when it comes to, uh, you know, when it comes to the vehicle stuff, you know, you, you need something in there, especially surgical gloves, because you don't know what you're going to come up on. You don't know what's going to happen. So I tell you, so we're going to, uh, so we're going to Kansas. We are 10 minutes out from parking at the airport and our middle daughter, she just, you know, she, she didn't have anything to eat that morning. All she had was like, you know, some Gatorade or something or, you know, water or something like that. And she has been prone to, you know, getting car sick every once in a while. And, you know, I'm not weaving in and out of traffic, but, you know, I'm, I'm getting us to the airport because I'm in airport dab mode at that point. So we're literally, we're 10 minutes out from parking. And all I hear from, you know, the seat right behind me is, blah, blah, blah. and she threw up. And I was just like, oh, you know, first, like, hey, are you okay? Are you feeling sick? What's, you know, what's going on? She's like, oh, no, she just I fell off. I'm good now. You know, she didn't have to be or anything crazy like that. But then it came down to, like, we're parking in the parking garage. It's July in North Carolina. And it's like, we've got to go meet our plane. Like, we got to go, you know, we got to go get on the plane. I don't have time to clean up the throw up that's going to sit here in this hot car for the next six days. And so, you know, uh-huh. hey man, when I, when I finally did, you know, we got back and you know, got the car and it wasn't, it, it, it wasn't as bad, you know, as, uh, as we, we thought it was going to be, but it wasn't great. And, uh, you know, so we get home, but like, now I got, you know, I'm going to go clean, you know, I'm going to go clean up the floor mats and clean off the car and stuff like that. And I was like, Oh, you know what I have in here? some of those purple surgical gloves. I'm going to put those on, you know, because I don't want to, you know, whatever I'm touching, you know, it's throw up um, and stuff. So I use them a lot, especially when, uh, when I'm cleaning, you know, cleaning my guns and stuff like that. I ain't going to lie. Dude, I put on surgical gloves. I'm so tired of, you know, having to scrub COP and carbon and stuff off my hands. So it's just like, dude, put on a pair of surgical gloves, clean your guns, do what you need to do. Take them off, wash your hands. You're good. I thought you didn't have any guns. Well, before I lost them in that tragic boating accident, <laughs> you know. So yeah. I didn't. Th- I didn't think about that. I, but what, what I was reminded of is how whack it was in Europe. Whack, you know. I grew up in the eighties and nineties. Uh, man, when you went into the grocery store, you know what I heard? I heard this. You know, Ben Shapiro said it. I might have said it in an, in an episode a few ago. He said that you know because Shapiro's show is big. He does analytics, all this stuff. And he said that they have noticed a drop-off when they look, because they look at who listens for how long, do they make it through the whole episode, what do they like, what do they not like. And he said that they have noticed a market drop-off when they say anything about COVID, people stop listening. They don't want to hear about it. They don't want to talk about it. Nothing. So we're going to lose one of our three listeners when I when I bring this up. But it was so whack in Europe at the height of COVID, 
that when you walked into the grocery store with your paper mask on, you had to put on gloves, not surgical gloves, but they had gloves at the front. You put on your gloves and you just got, dude, it was so ridiculous. I'm so tired of that. So tired of it. Yeah. Tired of thinking about it. I think, I think most people are tired of thinking about it because I think that we're tired of thinking about it. Our, our listener, Ted, which by the way, have you asked Ted about his phosgene gas incident yet? No, dude, I haven't. I, I, oh, I haven't God. had time. I haven't I'm had not, time. I'm not even going to ruin it, but you've got tomorrow. You have to ask it. it, it I did it, tell him when you texted me that, I said, hey, I said, Luke wants you to tell me this story. He was like, oh, you know, he laughed. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you need to hear that one. But we just, we, it's classic. That, we, we haven't had time. But back to the COVID thing, I think that Ted, um, people like Ted and and me and you and, and Roger, we're tired of thinking about it because we lost so much faith. It's just depressing, even recalling what happened. The other side, I believe, deep down, are so ashamed of how they acted that, that, that everything is staring them right in the face. They don't want to think about it either. They don't want to think about it. Hey. Do you like to think about that time in high school you did really something really stupid? No, you block that out of your head. It's just it's psychology. It's like you know, it, so yeah. Everyone's tired of talking about it. Everyone's tired of thinking about it. But uh, it, I, I do think it bears repeating from time to time how dumb everybody was. No, I do too, and I think it comes up you know from time to time as well when you know people are. You know, people come back and say things like, well, we didn't know, you know, we're, oh, well, you know, it's fine. It's in the past now. It's, you know, it's fine. It's like, you know, that's, you know, it draws a, no, it's not, you know, you just can't wash this away with, oh, well, we didn't know. So it's, you know, it's fine that, you know, that justified our actions. It's like, no, you people lost their livelihoods. You know, people were fired from jobs. People were publicly, you know, basically, you know, theoretically tarred and feathered. Like, no, they, you know, people had scarlet letters, you know, pinned on like, no, this isn't, you just don't get to wash this away by like, Oh, well, we didn't know what we were dealing with, you know? But at the same time, it was the same people who were saying, well, when the Spanish flu happened, this is what, you know, this is the same, it's basically the same thing. And this, you know, gr, 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 gr. And it's like, okay, well you either didn't know or you did. So, but, but, but you knew, you know, and you use that, you know, they use that for themselves so they can sleep at night. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. That's, that's, that's what that is. So yeah, COVID, I still see some people around here with masks and, you know, I saw a couple people outside today, you know, wear a mask and to me at this point, like whatever, but I don't care. I'm. I am judging you, just so you know, and I know that's not very Christian of me, uh, but I've been falling short lately anyway, so just go ahead and chalk that one up. I'll, I'll, I'll explain that one when I get there, you know, yeah. if I'm lucky well, enough and whatever, but well, it's ridiculous. Con- contrary to what you may think in your own head, you're not Jesus, Josh. You're not perfect. <laughs> you know, so you're allowed to you're allowed to fall short. <laughs> so I don't know if you've been watching the news, Josh, <laughs> but apparently it's really hot outside. <laughs> um, like, dude, no, I haven't been know, watching the news, but I know it's hot outside. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you said before we started, it, 
it was a little shocking to me. I was like, hey, Josh, you know, what's going on in the news? And you're in a, it's like, dude, I don't know. I'm like, how do you not know? You're Josh. You're Josh. How do you not know? Uh, but yeah, apparently, you know, it's it's blowing up all over the news. If you look on Twitter and all this stuff, it's so hot. It's like, yeah, bro, bro. It's like late July. It's supposed to be hot. I honestly, I mean, Roger's a little different, dude. In, in uh, Apache Junction, where he lives, it is hot. Bro, it's been over 110 degrees for 19 days now. That's hot. It's been hot here. It's been over 100 for a few days. We dipped down into the 90s today, I think high of like 96 or 7. It's been hot, but it's like summer. I don't really – it's hot, but it's not unbearable. And some moron on Twitter put out, it's 94 degrees, no human being. Did you see that one? I and saw that dragged. one, and oh I just started God. laughing. I just started laughing because I was just like, they, they, they finna drag you. Yeah. It's like it, it was something ridiculous. Like it's 94 degrees out, outside uh, consistently. No human being can survive in 94-degree weather without shade for longer than 15 minutes. I'm like, yeah. I, literally, what rock have you been living under for your entire life? What do you not? So yeah. here's the thing. It has been warm, though. It has been warm, and it's been consistently warm, at least in Texas, for a while. Uh, back in early 2020, uh, there was a huge snowstorm or ice storm that reached all the way down into Houston. And the power grid, I think we talked about it on this show. I think we, we, yeah. we talked about it. The power grid went down uh, for, a, for a big majority of Texas, and it, it was an issue because, as we all know, cold every year globally kills far more people than heat. Far more. It's not even close. So when the, when the grid goes down when it's cold, it's more of an issue uh, than when it goes down when it's hot. Uh, but anyway, so it may be more uncomfortable, but you're not going to die of it most times as long as you're in the shade when it's 110 degrees outside. But my, my thing is, last summer, I believe, or maybe it was the summer before that, it was a hot summer as well. And the Texas grid was, I guess, still kind of recovering from the 2020 uh from the 2020 damage that happened because of that, that ice storm. And so there were some rolling blackouts. There were some brownouts in certain areas across Texas. And everybody was just dragging, dragging Governor Abbott and just saying, man, Texas is, oh. And, they, you know, of course, it was the around the elections time. You remember that? And they're like, oh, God, Abbott's not going to fix the grid. And your boy Beto was just like, I'm going to fix the Texas grid. Abbott's screwing it up. But I'm telling you, I mean, this summer, although it is summer, you know, and I'm kind of pretty sure it's fairly normal for it to be hot. Summer has been pretty taxing on the grid. There have been, that I've seen, zero blackouts in Texas, zero brownouts. So, I mean, I think the grid is holding up pretty well in Texas for as hot as they're saying it is. So, I mean, from a state point of view, I think we're doing pretty good on the grid right now. Now that I say that, man, knock wood. My desk's made out of wood. Hopefully it doesn't go down, but I, I, grid's holding up right now. That's good. The uh, the, the company out there in Texas is ERCOT, right? Uh, yeah, uh, for, for, for most of Texas, it's ERCOT. Up here, uh, part of Texas, a very small portion of Texas is not in ERCOT, and we are not in ERCOT. We're in we're transitioning to something else. Like, yeah, we were just oh, talking okay. about it today. It's a different name, but the majority of Texas is ERCOT, yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. I, so yeah, I saw that. I saw that silly tweet. Like nobody can live in ninety-four degree weather unless they're you know, they're, they're in the shade. You know, I I think back to everybody who died in Iraq and Afghanistan. You know, when it it got above ninety-four degrees, because I distinctly remember spending an August, you know, a, a July and August in Baghdad, right next to right next to a river, but it should have been the Euphrates. Well, yeah, Euphrates and the Tigris both go to bad bit, but it's like, it, it was above 94 degrees there. <laughs> and not only, not only were we not in the shade, we were inside vehicles, but no AC. We were, you know, walking around for hours on end. Um, you know, I distinctly remember, was it hot? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, it was hot, but it was well above 94 degrees. We were there for the surge, and we were doing that stupid, like, clear hole build or whatever they called it, to where we just cordoned off a neighborhood, and you cleared every single house, every single one. So, I mean, there was nothing to be out there and clear 100 houses a day. (laughs) Those Iraqis Iraqis were like, what are you morons doing out in this heat right now? Yeah, they're like, bro, why are you out during the day? Like, why are you outside during the day? They'd say they were inside during the day because they're like, bro, it's really hot out there. I'm not doing it. And uh, but we would grab the water hoses, you know, if there was a water hose or you know any type of water in it, bro, and it would just be like, here, stand, stand here. You, you pull your vest off, just soak me down, put that thing back on, and just all right, man, to the next, you know, we're walking to the next house. And but you wouldn't know, hear people are like, oh, it's 94 degrees, no human can survive. It's like people survive every day. In 94 degree weather, it gets a lot hotter everywhere. And you know what? People are talking, oh, this is the, you know, the hottest. Did you see the tweet? I forget who started it, but it got retweeted by, you know, all of the usual suspects that this was, it was like the hottest day in, you know, 120,000 years. And I was like, okay. So I have, so I have some questions. The first question being, when did we start recording temperatures, daily temperatures? And when, you know, when did we start recording? That's probably going to be based on when was the thermometer invented? I'm going to guess that it wasn't 120,000 years ago. <laughs> I was, you know, it's like, oh, so you you can tell us what, you know, what it was on July 17th, 120,000 years ago. Yeah, from core core samples, Josh, from core samples, don't you know? Right. Yeah. No, tell me more. I want to hear more on that. Um, You know, the hottest, do you know the hottest uh, temperature ever recorded on Earth? No. 134 degrees. Death Valley? Yeah. At a place called Furnace Furnace Creek. You know what year that was? I'm going to guess 19... 56 1913 oh it's way off 1913 so we do know that we do know the thermometer was invented at least by 1913 at least by 1913 i don't know if it was you know 120,000 years before that but at least by 1913 (laughs) but it's crazy because there's been hotter months you know, there's been hotter Julys on record, but for some reason, like you said, people are like, it's, it's the hottest month. It's like, no, no, it's not actually. And yes, it's July. It's the end, you know, it's getting, you know, mid getting into July. And guess what? At the beginning of the next month, it's going to be hot too. Well, 
in places it, that it's normally hot. It's just it's an easy. It's an easy story to run with because at, at, as human beings, uh, the Nobel Prize winning playwright David Mamet, he says the easiest thing if you want to look at for drama, like Shakespearean drama, and the drama that Aristotle you know lined out in the in the poetics, the easiest thing every human being dramatizes the weather. We all do it. Every one of us. It was raining so hard. You know, oh, you wouldn't have believed the size of the hail. It was softball size hail. Uh, oh, it's so hot today that, dude, it's so easy to dramatize. If it's a slow news day, just talk about how hot it is outside because everybody's feeling the heat. Everybody's sweating a little bit. Is it a little uncomfortable? Sure. But it's just so easy to dramatize. <laughs> it's an easy news story to run with. Especially if you have yeah. a week of really hot weather across the majority of the United States. It's just, it is what it is, dude. I, I Whatever. It, it's hot. So what? Yeah. I, I just, I, man, I don't understand it. I, I, you know, like you said, I, I, I get why they do it, you know, for that reason that, you know, they got to push their, you know, push their agenda. But I'm just kind of curious, are the, are the polar bears gone yet? <laughs> Because I, I was told they'd be, I, I was told they'd be gone by now. I was told. I was, I was promised. I, I felt like I was <laughs> promised. I, you know how I feel about apex predators and uh, panda bears. The panda bears aren't aren't any, <laughs> but apex predators like uh, like polar bears and and great whites, uh, you know anything like that, they can all burn in hell. Every one of them. Polar bears are cute. I get that, but dude, polar bears are freaking vicious. They're vicious. They're like tigers. They're, I mean, I, I don't know, man. If you had to go, <laughs> if you if you had to, Jesus, if you had to go up against a polar bear or a tiger, it's like, okay, Josh, this is your death. You have a chance of survival. You have no gun. It's hand to hand. I don't know. I think I'd go against a tiger, so I think it'd kill me quicker. I think both would kill me, but I think I'd go against the tiger, man. Because a polar bear, that thing is freaking huge. At least I have a better size advantage to the tiger. Yeah, I think I picked the tiger. Are we talking full-grown tiger or baby tiger? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Full-grown, full-grown, for sure. Full-grown tiger? Yeah. I, I think I would take the tiger because I do, you know. I, you, you, I'm not going to say you don't have a chance against either one of them because I'm never going to say never. Uh, but you have probably less of a chance against a polar bear than you yeah i yeah because i think it's because of the weight right because uh, uh, just the sheer size i, I mean know. tiger i mean a full-grown tiger is big yeah a full-grown tiger is big and i think now i'm, I'm leaning closer to the polar bear but <laughs> it's a strange garbage i bet you that the size to strength ratio is higher on a tiger than it is on a polar bear because a tiger is a feline, Possibly. and those things are freaking deadly. Size to strength yep. ratio, or weight to strength, whatever they call it. I don't know, man. Yep. But either way, both of them can burn in hell, dude. People want to people want to get all upset about you know people killing tigers and lions and and polar bears, whatever, dude. No way, because like Joe Rogan says, dude, we were subjugated by jungle cats as a human species forever. For, all, for, for the majority of our existence as human beings, we were scared to death of jungle cats and apex predators. It's why we developed the lymphatic system and all that stuff. It's part of why we function the way we do is because, dude, 
these things were hunting us for so long. Now we've got the upper hand and we're going to give them a break, man. F them. No way. Mm-mm. And panda bears too. You have an unhealthy hate for, for panda bears, but it's I don't know what that is, man. I don't know what that is. Like, because dude, it's like he says in fight club for every panda bear that wouldn't screw to save its species. It's like, dude, just, you know, at least have sex yeah. to save your species for, for anything. Maybe you don't enjoy it, but just save your species. Which, by the way, I think yeah. humans are going that way. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's probably it's, it's probably true for sure. I think. Did this you is, see the? Uh, <laughs> I think this is throwing you off a little bit. My my little rant. <laughs> no, 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 no. Did you see talking about the polar bears? Did you see the uh, the guy who went? He went up, you know, into the Arctic, and I can't remember if he was, you know, up in Alaska or Canada, or you know, if he was over in, you know, on the Labrador coast or wherever. Any the location doesn't matter, but he has like this big like plexiglass dome that he's able to, you know, kind of live in, you know, for a couple of days at a time. And he set it out in the, you know, they, they, they hooked him up. They set him out in the middle, you know, of, of polar bear country. And these polar bears show up. And anybody, you know, people are like, oh, polar bears are so cute. They're on the Coca-Cola cans, you know, anything like this. Dude, these polar bears went straight berserker mode trying to get that dude out of there. And at the end of it, even the guy was like, yeah. I, I've never seen a polar bear do that. Like it turned, it, it was a completely different animal than, you know, just walking around cute, stuff like that. But when it started going into berserker mode, trying to get that, you know, get that tasty human snack out of that thing, bro, it was a completely different animal. See, Absolutely. That's the it thing. Is nuts. Here's why great whites and sharks in general, like not, not sharks in general, the man eater sharks, hammerheads, bull sharks, gray whites this is why I'm, I'm about to give you the reason why sharks are lower on my priority list uh, to hunt to extinction than polar bears is what you just said because the majority of the time if you look at because it's shark week i haven't been watching shark week but isn't this topical uh when a shark attacks a human and kills a human a man-eater shark it's usually a mistake because yep. sharks sharks prehistoric brains are like that looks like a wounded seal because as I've said before, even Michael Phelps at his peak swimming in the ocean as fast as he can looks like a wounded seal to a shark because that's how that's how pathetic we are at swimming compared to seals. <clears throat> so a shark will think it's a wounded seal. Usually it'll bite down on a human and realize, yeah, I mean, just in an instant, their little primitive brain realizes the fat and protein to bone ratio here is not worth me eating this thing. So they go away. It's like, okay, I made a mistake. I'm going to go hunt something with a little more fat and meat on it compared to bones because it takes too much energy to digest all those bones because sharks aren't out there hunting men, right? Or hunting people. They're hunting fat seals is what they're hunting. Polar bears, like you just said, they don't give an F because it's, it's a harsh environment up there. <laughs> up there. I mean, seals are a little bit harder for polar bears to catch. You know what I'm saying? They are going yep. to kill you and they are going to eat everything. Everything. So it's like, yeah, dude, uh, you know, when the shark attacks me, it was a, it was a mistake, April. I get it. You're still going to die, but I get it. You're bad. Polar bear. That No, 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 no. They're going to eat your eyeballs. They're going to eat your private parts. They're going to eat out your butt. All that stuff. No, man. Polar bears can burn in hell next to panda bears. Yeah. 
yeah, the polar bear thing was pretty interesting. You know, watching the video and stuff like that, you're like, bro, that was that was that was legit. And they, you know, and people come back and say, you know, started reading up on them a little bit, and they, you know, they are they are more aggressive. They are the the most aggressive bear because oh, the saying cool. goes, you know, it's like if it's brown, lay down. If it's black, fight back. If it's white, good night. <laughs> you know that's the that. yeah that's the kind of thing you ever heard that no that's uh yeah that's kind of like the you know the rule of thumb you know if you if you get you know attacked by a bear right you know if it's if it's you know brown laid down you you know, play dead because that brown bear you know it's gonna it's gonna paw at you yeah i mean you, you know it's still gonna scuff you up uh but you know play dead because you're because you're not gonna win that one uh you know if it's black though black bear is going it, to, it's going to pull you down. It's going to start gnawing on you right then. So just to fight back. And then, yeah, they say, if it's white, good night. That's, that's a wrap. Uh, the way I understand but, it, black bears, the way I understand it, uh, is that black bears are a little bit easy, easier scared than the rest of them. So if you do fight back and like run at them, they may run away. They may run yeah. away because they're, they're yeah. not as big. They're not as aggressive. So now if you're around their cub, it's a mama bear. Yeah. Yeah. All bets are off. But so, so so now that we're talking about nature and, uh, we're being all, uh, the, 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 the crocodile hunter with it. So, you know, I know I want to kill all the great whites and I want to kill all the, uh, the polar bears, but what's the impact on the environment to completely eliminating apex predators like that? I mean, what 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 do great whites like? I understand like uh, birds and insects and stuff like that, keeping everything in check. But like, what do great whites really keep in check? What do what do polar bears really keep in check? Because when I watch these nature things about polar bears in particular, those those things are just trying to survive at all times. At all times, they're nearly starving until they fattened up and they go into hibernation. But like. What are we upsetting in the balance of nature by killing all the great whites and, and polar bears? That's a good question. I don't know. I think that, oh, you know, yeah, no, man, I, you know, I mean, I'm not Jesus and I don't know everything, uh, you know, as I'm finding out. So, so if you don't know that, then let me ask you a question, unless you're about to say something important. No, it wasn't important. Go ahead and ask. Well, me. nothing we say or nothing. Nothing that comes out of this podcast. I was about to say we're talking about we're we're talking about hunting polar bears and sharks to extinction. We're not talking about anything important right now. <laughs> so <laughs> let me ask you a question, and I think you'll get this right. And I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you like 10 seconds to think about it. Okay. What do you think to human beings historically is the most deadly animal in existence? Mosquito. Boom. You got it. I said that to somebody last night or not last night, the night before, because one, one of the people up here is real concerned with his mosquitoes. And these people are professors at Texas Tech. They teach and they're real concerned about mosquitoes. And I was sitting next to him at the city council meeting. and They're like, oh, we're the ones always complaining about mosquitoes. And I said, yep, uh, deadliest living, one of the most deadly living forms of nature. That's an animal that's ever existed on this planet. And they looked at me like I had male genitalia growing out of my forehead. And I'm like, really? You guys don't understand how deadly mosquitoes are? I mean, historically, I mean, they are, uh, 
it's, it's crazy. Just look at the numbers. And it's like these are professors. But I don't know. Do they truly so, don't understand? Yeah, well, yeah, they, they, they definitely don't understand. So, I mean, even a quick, a quick search, you know, the American Mosquito Control Association, which I didn't know was a thing until, until right now, they kill and cause suffering more than any other organism. Over 1 million people worldwide die from mosquito-borne diseases per year. See, and I think that, that that's modern numbers. Those are that, that those yeah. are numbers from modern day. And I, yeah, yeah. I, you said any other organism that even surprises yeah. me. I was just talking about animals because you know I don't think uh, bacteria are considered animals or viruses or things like that. Unbelievable. So, so if you go like one of the hits is the Illinois the Illinois government, um, which not necessarily the best resource considering they just ended cash bail, but that's for a different podcast. Yeah, they're saying mosquitoes transmitting malaria kill two to three million people per year. Yeah. Well, that sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, you know, it's like what kills more people every year? What, you know, what, what animal insect? Yeah, it's a mosquito. Because think of all, you know, dengue fever, yellow fever, malaria. You know, it, all that stuff that they, they transmit, especially when you're talking in, the, you know, in third world countries. Uh, come on, man. Yeah, mosquito. That's an easy. That's a softball. That's a that's a softball question. Um, I need to think of a harder it, one then. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the the mosquito, easy, nothing, and it's everywhere, right? It's everywhere. Yeah, I don't know that you could kill all the mosquitoes to extinction. One, it'd be impossible. But two, even if you could, let's say you could, right? We'll we'll take your we'll take your shark and polar bear you know, uh, question with the mosquito, you do start upsetting the balance yes. of nature if you kill the mosquito because so many yep. things depend on them. Yep. With the yep. sharks, I don't know what they do. Polar bears, like you said, man, I don't do polar bears can go away, you know, because if you if you swack all the polar bears, okay, so you have more seals. And people like seals, baby seals are <laughs> cute. You know, so people will be happy <laughs> if you if you do it. Speaking of bears, all right. So the last last thing about bears, and then we can get back to mosquitoes and any any other animal that's out there killing. Oh, I tell you what, I got a question for you while I, while I tell this bear story. What animal in Africa kills more people every year than any other animal? All right, so think about that. So. I want to go out west. I want to go on, you know, I want to go do an elk hunt. You know, I want to do a mule deer hunt. I want to do a bison hunt, whatever. Right. I just, I want to go out west and hunt. And uh, so I was watching this uh, video from this, on this YouTube channel. It's called Fresh Tracks. It's got a rainy new one. Um, and uh, when we were out in Kansas, one of my, my wife's cousin's husband, uh, and I, I, he, I think he listens. Um, I know her cousins listen. Uh, so, you know, so, so Jarrett is his name. He got me, got me hooked on this, uh, this YouTube channel watching this guy. Well, I got down the rabbit hole and, uh, there was this, uh, there was this guide and then, you know, uh, a hunter and they were out in, uh, I forget if it was Montana or Wyoming and they were out elk hunting this guy wanted, you know, one elk hunt, what, you know, got out there, the guys from Florida. And, uh, so they're out, they, you know, the guy kills his elk, everything's good to go. And now 
you know, they're like, okay, we got to get to work. And normally he tells us, he says, this guy's telling the story. He talks about how the guide normally wore, you know, his pistol, you know, right here on his chest, you know, when he's out, you know, in the back country and stuff, which is very common. You know, you see a lot of, a lot of folks doing that and, you know, it's easily accessible and, you know, in, especially in the event of a predator attack, well, they leave their guns with their horses, you know, which are not near them while they are, you know, field dressing this freshly, you know, schwacked elk and a grizzly, a mama grizzly and a cub shows up and they decide that, you know, they want that elk more than, you know, more than, more than humans do. So long story short, this bear starts mauling him. Like he goes after the guy, starts, you know, just you know, gnawing on him and there, there's chaos and, you know, they're, they're trying to fight it off and, the, the, the customer or you know, the hunter who's being guided, he doesn't know how to, he said it, he was a Glock. He doesn't know how to work a Glock. He doesn't know how to work a semiotic. How pistol, do you not me, know how to operate a Glock? I, bro, I was like, that was my first thing. I was like, then you're really not a hunter if you don't know how to operate a pistol. Like, it's like, it's the most basic pistol out there. Like it's super simple, you know? Point click, oh nothing happens. Let me rack the slide. Oh look, now now something will happen. Anyway, but this guy got you know he got mauled to death um, by this bear that you know the the hunter had to run away you know to get up the hill to get a cell phone signal to call you know for help and this whole thing you know it, but we're talking about bears. I just thought I thought I'd throw that in there um, you know as a uh, as a quick story. So. That's- that's a, yeah, I got you. That's a that's a disheartening story. Uh, don't know how to operate a Glock. Um, sometimes I worry about my wife being able to, you know, rack one uh, on a, on a pistol that that's a little bit tougher, right? Uh, yeah. so, sometimes racking one, you know, uh, and she she's a strong woman, but uh, you know, you got to know, you got to be used to it, you know. So we we practice, but a Glock, <laughs> it is it's not that hard. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. That's that's what I took away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never mind. Never mind. The guy got mauled to death. Be like, but but tell me more about the guy who couldn't rack a slide on a clock. It was there so, were two tragedies there. there. There were definitely two tragedies there. <laughs> okay, so I, I am assuming that your question is not a trick question. So we're going to eliminate no. mosquitoes. We're going to eliminate mosquitoes, and we're also because the real answer: what mammal kills more? Uh, more humans than any other in Africa would be humans. But I don't think that you're asking that question. So I'm no. going to go with, I'm going to go with on this one, which is kind of scary. And you know what? I don't put this animal, if I'm right, I don't put this animal in the same category as polar bears or uh, great whites. Hippopotamuses. I respect hippopotamuses. Is it hippos? Yep. Yep. I respect that dude, because you wouldn't, that's, that wouldn't be the first thing that came to your head. You'd be like, nope, it's not a no. lion. Nope, it's not this, it's not that. It's not, and you'd be like, oh, maybe it's rhinoceroses. Nope, it's not rhinoceroses. Their, uh, their, their vision's too bad and they don't swim that well. Dude, I've seen some of those videos of hippopotamuses going after those boats. I respect that. Bro, that's a big boy, man. That's a, that's a little fat kid you know, <laughs> who, who's upset. who's upset about something. Apparently, they're very aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't know that. 
and went to uh, you know when I went to Africa, I spent six months in Africa uh, in the Horn. You know, I got a chance to when I was in Kenya, we got a chance to go up to this place called Lake Navasha, and it's just it's not too far north of Nairobi. And we got to go spend two days up there, you know, on, on safari. And uh, so we're, we're in a boat, we're out on the lake, and we're talking to our, you know, our, he, he called himself, the, you know, the boat captain. Like, we're in, like, this, this wooden john boat, right? He's like, I'm the captain. It's like, okay, bro, whatever. Just, you know, don't, don't sink it. And uh, we see a bunch of hippos. And he's like, all right, yeah, we'll go over there. We'll check them out. And he got kind of, he, he he didn't get close, but he got close enough we could see that they were hippos. And, you know, they're in the water, you know, playing and stuff like that. And uh, we were like, hey, man, can you get any closer? And he was like, no, no, we're not going to go closer. And I was like, well, why? And he's like, because they'll kill you. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, it's a, like, hippo. Like, it's a hippo, man. Like, you look at this thing, it's like, it's, you think, you're like, but how agile is that thing? And then two, like, really, it's a hippo, man. How, like, how aggressive is that thing? And so he got to talking. He was like, hippos kill more people, you know, in Africa than any animal every year, you know, um, you know, notwithstanding mosquitoes. And uh, I was like, really? Are you serious? He's like, yeah. He's like, look it up. And so ever since then, I started. Then I started reading on like how like hippos attacking people. And it would be people would be, you know, in their lakes and rivers swimming and, you know, stuff like that. And the next thing you know, it's not a croc that's grabbing you. It's a hippo because they can walk underwater. They'll walk on the bottom of these rivers and stuff for a long way. Apparently, they can hold their breath for a while. And these things are just walking along the bottom, hanging out. And then, you know, they come up on you and they're like, hmm, let me try this out. And they, their teeth are super long. They're not, you know, like... You know, they're not canines, but they just have these really, really long teeth. And obviously, they're, you know, they're, they're bite, uh, you know, strength. When they close that jaw, you know, some I don't know if it's equivalent to an alligator or, or whatever. But once they latch on, man, that's a, that's a wrap. Uh, because you're, you're going to the bottom. Uh, and and they're, you're staying there until, you know, you, <laughs> you're not Scuba Steve. You're not going to make it up. Uh, but yeah, man, hippos. Bitch ass hippos only running 19 miles an hour, which is faster than 95% of human beings. So, but yeah. white rhinoceros run at 31. That's crazy. But what? I'm looking, yeah, the rhinoceros runs 31. Uh, hippo runs at 19. I'm trying to get how fast they swim and uh, five miles an hour, which is a lot faster than you think. Humans. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fast. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I, I think that hippos, I believe, because I, I watched a thing on this. I, I didn't, I didn't learn the lesson in Africa like you did, but uh, I did, I did watch a thing on, you know, Animal Planet or whatever it was on hippos, and I, I understand that uh, when the dude said, "Yeah, we're not getting any closer," they're super. It's not necessarily they're territorial; they're just very aware of their space because uh, yep. they are mammals. They are mammals, and. Uh, they get super aggressive when you're in their space. That's what I understand. But dude, a hippopotamus, I mean, King of the jungle, lion King. Come on, man. Like, I think a hippo could take a lion, man. Possibly. Yeah. You think how big it is. 
And they're always, you know, they're at the water like So that's another thing with the hippo, you know, they reading on them and stuff like that. And they say, dude, when they attack people, like they, you know, they, they try and get them in the water because, you know, in the water, they're pretty, pretty agile. But the dude, the rhinoceros, 31 miles an hour. Can you, I, I don't know how much an adult, you know, an adult rhinoceros weighs, but could you imagine something that big weighing that much running that fast? Like that's, that's impressive. Um, that, that is definitely impressive. Well, it's, it's all physics, right? Uh, they weigh between, <laughs> between 1,700 and 3,000 pounds moving 31 miles an hour. Now I'm not Albert Einstein. You're getting hit by a car or, or, or you're getting hit by a big car. But I, <laughs> but I do know that E equals MC squared. And I was telling this to my brother-in-law. I was like, cause he teaches, he, he's a, he's a teacher and a coach and uh, at a, a pretty small, uh, fairly, fairly small school. Uh, he's moving up in the world, but he was talking about teaching physics to these high school kids. Right. And I was like, here's what you do, man. You make it like a football lesson, and this goes to the rhinoceroses. You know, energy equals mass times acceleration squared. Like, that's why, uh, you know, a a 185-pound cornerback or free safety, 195-pound free safety, can knock down a 215-pound running back because the running back hasn't moved to full speed yet and has only run for five yards that free safety has been running for 25 yards at full speed. <laughs> Dude, it's like, Hey, it's all just physics, man. And then, yeah, it yeah. is like getting hit by a car, 3000 pounds at 31. You know, people think it's like you were well, to bring it back around to what you were saying about us and the call signs, uh, texting, talking on PTT, talking on a large means all at the same time. It's like, and that's moving 60 miles an hour. People think, Oh, I'm driving 30 miles an hour. I'm driving 25 even. The speed limit in our city mainly is 25. Stationary target, car, 25 oh. miles an hour, you're dead. You're dead. That's it. It's just, it's it's all physics. And, <laughs> but, so, but I'll tell you this, Josh. I think I would rather go up against a hippo than a tiger or a polar bear. Even though they're so well, yeah. because I think that I can maybe like, you know, in my mind, I'm like, maybe I can get on their back or something, or maybe I could like, yeah. you know, use their short little fat legs against them or something. I don't know. I'd still, I'd die yeah. either way. Well, I mean, the thing with the hippo is, you know, the mouth is the only dangerous part unless they trample you. Right. They, they don't have, they don't have claws like a polar bear. You know, and they, so, I mean, a polar bear grab you with his mouth and then you got to contend with all four legs. Cause you know, all the claws, like there's, there, there's a lot to, there's a lot to think about in that one with the hippo. Yeah. You're just like, Hey man, I've got to stay away from his mouth. And with that big old fat neck, you know, that helps us pass, you know, his height and weight all the time. Like it can't turn, <laughs> you know, and grab you. Right, it can't turn its head backwards and and, and grab you. So, yeah, bro. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I'd, I'd rather take on the hippo as well. You you've been to Africa, dude. Those people are just a different breed over there. And you know, we think we're all tough as Americans and everything. And we, you know, the frontier and the Wild West and the movie The Revenant. You saw that one, right? Oh movie. yeah, great, good, great, right? Because it's based on a true story, based on yep. a true story. 
dude got mauled by a bear and then hiked, you know, through the roughest country on earth and lived. And then, you know, in the, in the, the real story is he did not kill the guy. He decided to let him live, but in the movie he killed him. Dude in Africa, I bet that happens like once a month. Some dude gets mauled by a hippo, a gator, a lion, and that dude or chick drags themselves through the freaking savannah or whatever and lives through it. It's like, where are all the movies about the tough Africans, dude, man? Because those people are yeah. crazy, but they're tough, dude. They're tough and they're crazy. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, we got to, if you're, if you're ever in Nairobi, right next, literally right next to the airport in Nairobi is a place called Nairobi National. And it's a, you know, choose your own adventure, drive through on your own, basically safari. You drive in there and whatever's there is there, right? There's no, there's no fence keeping things in, no nothing. But there are, you know, I mean, there's lions, zebras, giraffes, you know, everything in there. And uh, so we were driving through and we were kind of out in the back, you know, the back 40. And there was this little ranger, uh, you know, Kenyan uh, ranger station and so we stopped we pulled in because they had you know some exhibits of stuff and everything so we pulled in we're talking to them and and everything and they uh so they started talking we were like you know well is you know could they have this whole exhibit about poaching because poaching is a massive problem obviously in mm-hmm. africa especially you know with elephants and ivory and and everything and there are so many laws in a lot of you know african countries against poaching but you can kill somebody like a human being and they'd be like Eh, okay, but you kill an elephant, like they, you're done. Like they're gonna dismember you, hunk, like quarter you, like everything. And uh, so we got to talking to them, and we were like, hey, you know, we'll, you know, poachers, and they were like, yeah, you know, we have problem with poachers, blah blah. I was like, oh, you know, what do you do when you catch them? And the guy starts talking. He's like, what do you mean? And we're like, well, when you catch somebody poaching, what do you do? And he goes, well, I mean, we just. But you just take care of it. And you're like, well, what do you mean you take care of it? And, you know, it didn't dawn on me right then. It, you know, it took me a couple of seconds. You know, it was like, oh, dude. They're like, yeah. They're like, we we just go ahead and take care of them wherever they are. And he's like, hey, man, animals got to eat too. It's a free meal. And birds they got to eat same as worms. That's right. Josie Wales. And so they just leave them out there. But, you know, and then we ask, like, hey, how many people get hurt in here and stuff like that? And they're like, yeah, every once in a while somebody will get out of their car. It's like the idiots in Yellowstone. Not that, you know, not that Africans are because they have to live amongst them. You know, the people in Yellowstone are really idiots. You know, the lady standing up, you know, walks up to the bison. And she's like, oh, it's cute. It's not that. And then actually, you know, she's like, oh, I just got gored. You know, and you're like, what are you doing? Like it's a, yeah. it's a wildlife animal, but they are, dude. So the last one, it was, you know, it was the story in the book, story in the book, right? The cobra. Yeah. And that's a good one. That's right. a good one. So there, there's this, there's this cobra and this dude is not afraid of it. He's like, Oh, I'm going to smack it with, you know, basically my African version of a crock, you know, his, his big rubber sandal. And he's like, I'm going to smack it. And then when I smack it, I'll stun it and I'll grab it and I'll get it out of here. And you're like, well, that's a cobra. But what? No, you are not Steve Irwin. What's wrong with you? You know, I mean, it, it was, you know, it was a cobra. If it was a stingray, then, you know, Steve Irwin wouldn't have been able to, uh, you know, handle that. But uh, poor, poor yeah, Steve man. Irwin, dude. 
That was bad, man. I, I, I genuinely like he. He was a genuinely good dude from you know all, from everything I ever read about him. He was a genuinely I have good dude. Never, for a stingray, a stingray, terrible freak accident happens to like yeah you know three three people every ten years, but it does happen, which is the weirdest yeah. thing. I just it's insane. So this has been the Animal yeah. Planet episode for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? I don't crazy. know, man. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I I had something in my head, but then you told a cobra story, and I'm like, oh. And I had to text my buddy because I gave I gave uh, this guy doesn't listen to podcasts. I'm going to get him to start listening because he he he's one of us. This guy Mike. Uh, I gave him a copy of the book, and when you said the cobra thing, I was like, uh, I had to text him. I was like, did you have you read any of the book yet? Because the cobra is you know when people talk to me about that book, they um, in invariably they always talk about King Cobra. Right, it was, yeah, that was the title of the short story, right? Yeah, it was that or Cobra Commander or something. Cobra Commander, no, it was Cobra Commander. You're right, yeah. <laughs> Africa, dude. Uh, you know, uh, it's... Uh, you know, I, you've seen Blood Diamond, right? Yeah, you've seen. Yep. Uh, I, you've seen uh, Lord of War. Yep. Yeah, I mean, those are Hollywood versions, but it's like. You know, Hollywood over over Hollywoodizes everything, including uh, the Covenant. You know, with uh, the the movie we talked about on this podcast. But the crazy the crazy shit in Africa. I mean, those movies. I'm not saying it, it's all over Hollywoodized, but it's closer to the truth than any of the Iraq or Afghanistan movies. Because Africa, like you, correct me if I'm wrong, because this is my experience. You walk around Africa, and it's like you'll see something every day that you thought. Boy, I, I never thought I would see that in my entire life. Every single day, you see something that's yeah. like, well, that's shocking or well, shocking. It's shocking on different levels, but it's like I never would have imagined I'd ever see anything like this in my life. Like little kids, you know, uh, their shoes are soda bottles, like two liter soda yeah. bottles crushed down, tied down by reeds or, or, you know, any kind of twine they could find. That's their shoes. It's like, Wow. A stop sign spelled wrong. S O T P. It's like every day you see something like that. It's like, dude, it's crazy, yeah. man. But yeah, I guess I mean, I'm racist. I guess I'm racist, right? Must be racist. Yeah. Yeah, probably. So, you know, remember in Blood Diamond when, you know, he's like, this is Africa. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. that was basically like the reason for everything. Like, that's a legit thing. People, a- Africans, you know, in, pick a country, you know, on that continent, they will tell you, you ask like, Hey, well, you know, why can't we do this? Or, you know, why is this taking so long? Or, you know, why did this happen? Or like, this is Africa. It's yeah. Africa. It's Africa. Right. And it's just like, that's the, it's the inshallah of, yeah. you know, uh, of that continent It's crazy. And it doesn't matter what country you go to. It's the same. Yeah. It's the same. Every country you go to. And, uh, Africa to me, is a lot like Afghanistan used to be because I always felt, I don't know what it is. Like, you know, I always felt like Afghanistan has, Afghanistan has this draw. Like it has this draw. Like, I don't know what it is about that place because it's so old and there's so much, you know, it's just something about Afghanistan that was lawless. And it was like, I want to go back there and fight. Like, I want to go back there and, you know, and mix it up again. But 
you know, and, and to visit and, you know, and do whatever because it's a gorgeous country. But just, and the people are just, they're raw. They are yeah. just raw. And Africa is the same, Africa has that same feel. I, like everything is just raw. And it is, it is truly Africa. I mean, it is truly every day is survivor. Like every day. I feel like in both places, I feel like I understand Colonel Kurtz, right? Oh, 100%. I understand Heart of Darkness. It's like that's especially with Afghanistan with me. It, I, I can't explain it. It's not necessarily that I want to move there and fight. That that wasn't necessarily it because we were there. It was part of it. But I understood that Colonel Kurtz mindset. It's like I could be here. This is it. Yeah. And it used to, Josh, it used to be in my will, I'm running short on time, but it used to actually be in my will and I've changed it. And it's before I was married, obviously. I want to be cremated and I want my ashes uh, spread in the Panshir Valley. And I had specific people that I wanted to go there to spread my ashes in the Panshir Valley. Obviously, I've changed that. I don't feel the same way anymore. <laughs> but. <laughs> It was a very serious thing for me. I was like, I didn't necessarily feel drawn there. You know, I didn't want to move there, but it's like, well, you know, if I had to, I think I could make it. (laughs) It's a weird thing. I'm glad you brought that up, man. That's a, it's a, that's a really good point. You know, we are running short on time. Roger's going to kill us or, and I didn't mention it. So you don't, you don't get to punch me in the Jimmy. I didn't mention uh, (laughs) the the guy, but uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to pop it on you. Roger's going to kill us because he's going to have to edit two hours. And every single time, dude, Roger and I said this before, when there's only two of us, uh, when Josh gets up from the from the, from the uh, from his desk and walks back to do something, I'm like, oh, crap, I'm going to have to talk. And I know I did it more than he did, got up and walked away. Uh, and Josh handles pressure more than I do. But Roger's got to sit there and edit two hours of this stuff. So thanks, Roger. You're the man. We should have talked more crap about him. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it to you after I <laughs> – after I give it some shout outs, because, dude, we could go on talking for another hour. I'm convinced of it because there's a lot yeah, of yeah. animals. To, there's a lot more animals I'd like to kill that I, I want to cover. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Diego doesn't get another shout out because he got plenty on this one. But, uh, Darren, uh, you and I haven't gotten together uh, in a while, but it don't mean I don't love you. Uh, all, all y'all that listen, I really appreciate it. Uh I don't know what else to say. I don't know why y'all still listen. We try to put out more podcasts, but we're busy guys, man. It's the prime earning years. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, Josh? These are our yeah. prime earning years. So we got to we gotta keep busy. So, yeah, appreciate y'all listening. I'll kick it to Josh to close us out. Yeah. So some shout outs, you know, some of the, you know, the, the, the usual suspects, um, but a big shout out to, uh, you know, to, to Dave out in, uh, out in Texas, uh, you know, Dave, helping uh helping me out uh you know some stuff and everything and you know i want to give a shout out to uh you know to dave in uh in maryland you know we got some stuff going on we're praying for you uh you know and uh john in dc and you know everybody else who who takes the time out of their you know their their busy life because we're we're all busy to uh you know to listen to us talk about you know whether we would want to fight 
a, a, a rhino or a hippo or a polar bear or a shark, right? Um, it's, so, it's so nonsensical. And then we get into a really good topic right there at the end, you know, talking about, you know, Colonel Kurtz, you know, mentality in Afghanistan and, and, and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it truly is a canteen cup uh, because, you know, you can do so many things. You can put so many things, you know, different things in there. And uh, and we, we we definitely did that with this episode. Roger's going to get to the end. He's like, what are they drinking? <laughs> like, what is going on? Like, what is happening with them? So, no, we we, we definitely appreciate it. The next episode, uh, I you know, I got to talk about the, uh, you know, the, the cruise uh, that I oh, went yeah. on uh, to Alaska and stuff like that. Yeah. So, but again, we appreciate everybody listening. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And put something in those canteen cups. It's hot outside, so you need to start with water. Stay hydrated, people. Your your urine should not look like orange juice with pulp. And uh, <laughs> but once you get it to a you know to a good hydrated state, get that water out of that canteen cup and and put you some good brown liquid in it. All right. Until next time.